This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the, the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. On today's Indo-Daily, permission to speak, is Nefes really gagged? There's been a lot of criticism of uh, mixed messages and government communications and so on the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months. Uh, some of that is warranted and we accept that criticism. Nefes have played an essential role in helping our country make progress with this disease. Part of the reason why that's happened is that there's been a plethora of voices um, talking about COVID. They have uh, provided excellent public health advice to us that have guided decisions that we've made. Not just from NEFID, government ministers, HSC, NIAC. It's difficult for the public to distinguish government from NIAC, from NEFID, from HSE. Uh, and the decision that was made by government uh, was that anybody who's going on media uh, should coordinate that media appearance uh, with an office in the Department of Taoiseach. Well, it's not just the weather front that is stormy in Ireland this week, with quite a frost settling over the relationship between the government and the National Public Health Emergency Team for COVID-19. Nefes, the government this week decided that as a matter of protocol, members of Nefes must seek permission from the government press office before doing media interviews to discuss the pandemic. So, does seeking permission to speak mean Nefes has been silenced? Or was the so-called leaking of restrictions to members of the media last week a step too far? Well, today I'm joined by two Irish independent reporters who are on the receiving end of these leaks. Fionnán Sheehan, Ireland editor, and Philip Ryan, political editor. And I can tell you that I'm looking at two very sheepish-looking faces sitting across from me here in the studio. So folks, a slap on the wrist for Neffet. But before we come to that, you might just remind us of who Neffet are or um, Philip Ryan, as you would say, Enfus. <laughs> Enfus or Neffet, yeah, I think you can do either. But uh, it is the National Public Health Emergency Team. And these are the people who have been drafting the, the, the public policy and the government policy throughout this pandemic. They're a group that is uh, essentially set up in times of um, an outbreak of a virus or a disease or, or something that needs um, public health advice over or needs to be addressed on a, on a, on a big scale, on a wide scale. There's, there's a group of about 30 or 40. Um, it has changed throughout the pandemic. People have come and gone from it. You basically have representatives of all the various medical fields, GPs, consultants, etc. And then you have officials from the HSE, you have officials from the Department of Health, and of course you have the, the big dogs, the, 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 the Tony Holohan, you have your, your Ronan Glynn, your Philip Nolan, your Killian de Gaskin, epidemiologists, obviously, and virologists, all these people that have become semi-celebrities over the last few years and, are, and are, have a huge task, in fairness to them, on, um, on, on putting these policies and making these decisions which are then enacted by the government. 
Yeah, they're, they're really household names now. Tony Holohan, Ronan Glynn, Philip Nolan. Are, are, where are they based? I mean, you know, are they are they located close to the actual Department of Health? Well, the, Tony Holohan is in the Department of Health. He's only a few doors up from uh, Stephen Donnelly, which which we can discuss later. But like that, that you're supposed to have, you, you have that sort of kind of proximity to the to each other. You would think that their relationship will be symbiotic and 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 well run. Um, as far as the meetings go, a lot of it would be online. But a lot of the the the, the top brass, the, the the likes of Ronan Glynn as well, and and Philip Nolan, they'd be operating out of the the department. Well, sorry, not Philip Nolan. He's in UCD, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but 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 some of them are 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 in there. They're in the department. They're they're working out of there. And uh, they should be working hand in glove, really, with the, their political masters. So it's basically the best of the country's health, medical and scientific community that you bring together in order to provide advice to government on how to handle a pandemic. That's what it's supposed to be. There would appear to be a bit of a, a shift over the over the past 18 months in terms of what it actually has been. Because it is a fact, it's not the central bank. They're not a completely independent, separate authority that has has got a, a particular uh, mandate uh, for, for taking uh, policy decisions. They recommend policy. They're effectively just a subcommittee of the Department uh, of, of Health. Um, so the, the protocols attached to it, okay, they, they're all set down, but ultimately they, they are there to serve the minister. They're not there to tell the minister what to do. And so what we've had in the last week, I mean, this is a long time coming, really. We, I mean, we've been hearing about various kind of uh, rumblings or conflicts between the two sides, even though they're, they should all be kind of singing from the, the same hymn sheet, shouldn't they, Philip? Yeah, look, I was I was reading back on some of the stuff I've written over the last few years, or has been written, not just by myself, but by others too. And and even back as far as April, there was one piece that, that I was written, that I'd, I'd written that... that, it, that Enfit, Nefit, Tony Holohan's group are actually, um, that had become stronger, it is April 2020, had become more powerful than the Taoiseach's department and the cabinet as whole and even as Angarda Siakana. And then that was in the early months, we were only about a month, six weeks into the pandemic and you could already see at that stage that what they said goes. Schools have closed, uh, we've begun obviously to restrict mass gatherings in line with our recommendations but a lot of anecdotal reports still of pubs that are busy, restaurants that are busy, uh, and it's important that we get the message out, that individuals must listen to the message that we're issuing. They must take personal responsibility. It is important that individual behaviour uh, is consistent with the message that we give out, that we ask people to reduce in as much as possible their discretionary social activity. When, when they met, they, and like you say, Fionnan, they were an advisory group. They, they, they set advice, they give recommendations. The, the mantra from government is always Enfit advises and the government decides. So, but that hasn't been the case. Um, Nefit proposes um, recommendations and they are generally almost entirely accepted by government and has been the case. And, and, and that, that is how the dynamic started. That dynamic is very much there. There's been a, a bit of tug of war between the government and and Tony Holohan um, over all this and how to change that dynamic. Sometimes it's shifted back to the government. It, generally speaking, it's when restrictions are being eased, but when they need to go back on, suddenly they're back in charge. 
And that's the thing, Fiona, there's a, a, a wee bit of a sense that Neffet are, are kind of losing the room at the moment, you know, and we think back to, uh, uh, you know, Tony just being lauded um, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, not all heroes wear capes, freedom of the city, all that kind of stuff. And then in recent weeks, depending on who you listen to, there's there's that kind of um, train of thought that, you know, is Tony just throwing his toys out of the pram? Is he not getting his own way? And is this why we're having this situation now where we're learning about um, various uh, recommendations or restrictions before they're being announced by government? Yeah, so the antigen tests are the, are the classic uh, e- example. Neffet have been consistently against the use uh, of, of antigen tests, largely speaking because this, they say that you know that the, either the results can't be relied upon, or people don't take them right in the first place, so they don't don't deliver proper results, or people read into read into the results and think I'm okay to continue on doing what I'm doing, uh, even if I if I have uh, have have got symptoms. So their their message all along has been: if you have symptoms, you isolate and you get a, a PCR test to give you a definitive account. Can I ask Professor Nolan, just in relation to antigen testing, so last weekend you took to Twitter and, and, and you compared it to, to snake oil. Um, Stephen Donnelly did say that your comments were not helpful. Do you regret comparing it to snake oil? So I think the, the position on antigen testing is uh, clear, and it's been clearly outlined mm-hmm. by the, the Chief Medical Officer. It has its place. Uh, they're, they're, it's not recommended in terms of self-administration. Of, of tests that wherever they might be purchased. That argument now has been dragging on for around about 18 months. In in the past month to six weeks, government policy has effectively gradually shifted, uh, whereby the government is of the view that antigen tests uh, now form uh, an important part uh, uh, of the of the arsenal. Throughout all this, there were statements still coming out from Tony Holohan the chief medical officer saying not really endorsing antigen tests at all, basically continually saying that he was worried that people don't take them right and that they are reading into implications. So there was a constant negative view coming from, from Neffet. I think one of the, the more recent examples as well of that was the the advice from them, from Tony Holan around um, children going to panto sleepovers, birthday parties, etc. So that infer- that that's... My my working knowledge of, of how all that transpired was that the letter came from Enfit to, to Stephen Donnelly and to the government on that Thursday. That that letter was leaked and it was leaked across the board to, to most news outlets at the one time and without giving anything away, I, I learned about it and it wasn't from Enfit. So, so that was put out. And, and, just, and who's the rat? Who's the rat? <laughs> Philip, let's just go back there because people listening will be intrigued about how your job actually works, you know, that of a political editor. So you're hearing about this kind of stuff before, you know, um, you or I, Fiona, are. <laughs> well, before, the argument is before ministers are here. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. Look, and just that, that example, uh, just to go through it quickly, is just that the letter came out. Um, the it, it was leaked. It was leaked widely. Like it was, it was. Um, what would you call it? Like an orchestrated leak, almost. Leaked by who? Um, well, we can't get into those sort of details. But it was, it was, it was more government rather than public health. I would say. Okay. And that that gets out. 
Um, everybody's a little bit taken aback by it because it's, you know, it's um, banning kids from pantos in the run up to Christmas. It seems crazy. It seems over the top, especially since in the days leading up to that, in, uh, everybody, including the teaching and Tony Holden was saying like, I don't know, it's going to be no big decisions or restrictions announced this week. The cabinet meets the next week. They decide not to go with that advice. They decide we're going to go with like, look, put it on the parents. It's not a great idea to be going to loads of different things every second day in the coming weeks. If you go to the panto, maybe don't go to the birthday party. That was the advice, but do what you want. Um, and but and then an hour after that was announced by the government, Tony Holohan releases his email, which says essentially, "Don't go to pantos, don't go to birthday parties, don't if you're under twelve years old." So like that's kind of one of the things that has kind of really irked ministers. But just uh, just on, on, on how leaks are uh, generally yeah, got... Yeah, this is fascinating. Yeah, but you see, generally speaking, it's not as easy as that, <laughs> as, as that, that week is. Generally speaking, you are on your phone for hours, you're texting, you're harassing sometimes harassing. People, people who you're, you're begging, you're threatening, <laughs> you're doing everything you possibly can to get any little snippet of information of what has been discussed. You're, you're going to every ends of, um, you know, any source or anybody who might know something or might even have secondhand information. So you, and, you get an inkling that something's you, happening, yeah, right? Yeah, and then you piece it together because it's never, in generally speaking, it's never bang, you've got the whole story story all in one go. Generally, you, sometimes there'd be someone who you'd very much trust and if, if they told you, you'd go ahead with it. But other times it's, you get one bit of information from one person who could be in public health. You get another piece of information from someone who could be in, in politics and you're trying to put those together to see if if you can get a clear picture uh, and, and get the information out there. Like and, and the this idea that leaking is a dirty word is just getting a bit silly, I think, at this stage because you're just telling people what the feckin what's going to impact on their lives. But and how, how do you know the information you're, that's being leaked is correct, is accurate? That's why you're checking a bit with different... So you're, you're, you're fact-checking over and over and over yeah, until you get to a point where you're 100% positive. Is that even possible? Um, well, you, sometimes you will be provided with the letter if, if you're on a, having a lucky day, if someone is feeling that uh, extra generous <laughs> and actually just give you the letter or you could be just saying like, look, if someone wants to put it out as well, you might insist, you might say like, if someone comes to you with the information, you go, well, if I'd, I'd need to see the letter if I'm, if I'm going to write this. But other times, look, there's a lot of people involved in this as well. So it's not like, you know, it's three people who are going to have this information. A lot of people are going to have this information. So, like, that's that's a big part of you. Front on you know yourself. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's the reliability of the person who you're you're talking to. You know whether somebody can be relied upon, and they have first or second-hand information, or they're just hearing hearing gossip. And you're 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 not going to go with something that you don't you don't you don't believe is fully is fully reliable. The strange thing about what's happened over recent days, as Philip says, this information is disseminated quite widely. And yet, within government, there there seem to be this view that individual members of 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 Neffet are, are somehow guilty of being of leaking information strategically uh, to 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 get their their own way. Now, that's strange uh, on on a number of levels, particularly because this is almost officially the most leaky government of, of all time. The deputy leader of this government is under Garda investigation for the last 12 months for leaking a confidential document, the, a contract that was worth hundreds of millions of euros to a mate of his. 
That's a very serious matter. That's still ongoing. The Taoiseach has initiated an investigation in his own department into the the leaking of a a, a sensitive uh, report. A cabinet minister, Simon Harris, has been accused on the floor of the Dáil of leaking from cabinet a breach of the constitution. He has not he has not lodged an official complaint about that as he, as he is in, entitled uh, to do. So you're kind of looking at them going. People in glass houses here now, lads. You know, you're 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 giving out about Neffet and suggesting that they are the ones who are leaking. When you're kind of going, well, are you not at at it yourselves, uh, lads? So as, as Philip says, you know, leaking happens. Their own parliamentary party meetings, you know, have pretty much become open forums uh, in in recent times. So it's very difficult to see on what common sense or even moral authority government ministers have to accuse other people of being guilty of leaking. I, th- I think their problem is, the main thing with uh, politicians is that they they want to have the control. Like, the, 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 at the end of the day, the if the Enfield letter gets out, it's still the Enfield letter. It's not going to change. It's it's not like they can get rid of it. It's it's still the same advice that's going to be out. But it, what their problem is, is that they want to be the ones doing it. They want to be able to, to put it out when they want to put it out and the way they want to put it out and to be able to put on some spin with it, whether they're going to accept it or not accept it. They want to have the decisions and and to make the decisions rather on those things. And that's that's why it's when they perceive, they think, and I mean, like, there's all sorts of rumours going around Leinster House, who who is the alleged Enfield leaker, and they all think they know who exactly it is because of certain things that have happened over recent weeks and months. But uh, whether... whether who is it? I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be uh, wanting to uh, repeat gossip on such a well listened to podcast it's uh but it's it it, it, it but it is it, they 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 think they know who it is and and then then they've got themselves in this conspiratorial kind of thing where they now need to put a bit of a muzzle on Enfit so they can tell them what to do and tell them what to say and give them their their speaking points before they go on radio and all this type of carry on but it, the the overall essential thing is it's about control I counted six different pieces of advice over the course of a week on, on whether you could go to a panto or, or not with your children. It was go, no, you can't go. You can go, the parents can go, but not the, not the kids. That was the best one <laughs> from Stephen Donnelly. Uh, then, it was, then it was don't go. Then it was you can go if that's the one uh, event you go to. Uh, your kids go to that week, and then eventually it was well, half of you can go, provided that's the only event that you can you you can go to. So that is from a that's the the internal bickering within the broader government uh, environment. For the parents sitting at home wondering, well, what's the right thing to do here? That that's obviously quite uh, confusing. We also had, you know, we had issues in recent weeks with with members of, of Neffet uh, saying things about HEPA filters in schools that were, that were being uh, contradicted. Uh, you had issues about whether schools were safe environments. But on, on the government side, I mean, you did have Michal Martin committing that, like, once we come out of a restriction, we're not bringing them back. <laughs> Six weeks later, here here we are. Uh, Stephen Donnelly and his pantos, Jessica Madigan decided last weekend that she was going to give refunds 
to people who had got uh, anti- or PCR tests to come into the country and then that was delayed by 48 hours. That had no central authority from government. That wasn't on any speaking note from, from the Government Information Service. Eamon Ryan forgot to tell people that he was delaying the introduction uh, of, of those uh, PCR tests. You've got, you know, Heather Humphreys uh, talking about, oh, there's plenty of jobs out there, but then doing a U-turn and bringing back uh, in, in the PUP. Pascal Dunne, who likewise talking about, oh, the labour market uh, is stronger, as strong as pre-pandemic uh, levels. And then at, at the weekend, you had Leo Varadkar starting his press conference talking about the restrictions by saying it's difficult for politicians to explain why this is happening and it's peculiar. We're facing what is a rather peculiar situation in the course of this pandemic. For the first time since the pandemic began, we're tightening restrictions uh, at a time when the epidemiological picture is actually improving uh, with the number of people in hospital at its lowest for three or four weeks, uh, the number of people in ICU uh, down substantially from its peak, uh, the number of cases falling are stable. Uh, and debts, uh, thankfully, um, at a relatively low level. So I think for many people, the decisions made today are going to be hard to understand. Uh, and I know for us, uh, as politicians, they're also hard to explain. Well, if you can't explain it, how are people at home supposed to to understand it? So you can't exactly say that the government has got a, a clean record here uh, and that all the blame for the mixed messaging is, is coming from Neffet. So I guess the the kind of the question at the end of all of this is potentially what's next, um, and and perhaps you might, you might share the leak you just got with us there um, <laughs> later. Uh, in relation to to Neffet, what happens next? You know, are they are they potentially silenced and that's it? Or um, and and also, you know, I should probably have have mentioned earlier. Neffet were supposed to be disbanded as well. Uh, so is this a kind of, um, you know, are they are they going into retirement? I doubt that. Look, we still don't know. One thing, actually, one thing we do know about this uh, virus and this pandemic is that it is just entirely unpredictable about what's going to happen. Now, we're edging towards our third year of dealing with this thing and we're going to still need public health advice and the public health emergency team are going to be the ones providing it. The government aren't going to sit around and make it up themselves. They're going to have to base it on the modelling, the epidemiology, the vir- viro- virologists and all these people. So like, they're still going to exist. They're still going to be providing the information. Um, we might see a little bit less of them on air. We might see those um, week, what were once daily um, press briefings, if you remember, of the, the main characters lining up in the Department of Health to, to announce the various um, case numbers and hospitalizations and ICU emissions and debts. So, and, and there was an attempt to, to ease back off that. We haven't seen it as much in recent months and recent weeks. There hasn't been one, I think, in the last couple of weeks, despite there being new restrictions being imposed. So maybe a little less effort we'll see in the foreground while they'll still be working away in the background and providing the advice, which will ultimately, if, if things get bad again, have to be accepted by government. There's probably going to be... Uh a tightening up on on government part as well. There seems to be have been an admission on their part that even on the on the political side that there was too many people out saying too many uh, contradictory things, and that, and that goes probably right up up to the top. I mean, um, Liv Radker's attitude at at the weekend, you know, he seemed to be adopting the Eamon de Valera role of opposing something that his own his own government had had adopted a. Um, there's an irony 100 years later, but th- that they do need to be consistent in terms of their own message. You look at, at, at a thing like a, a, a storm 
and the messaging around that in recent days has been quite consistent. You're in a red area, you're in an orange area, you're okay, schools need, need to close, um, unnecessary travel, so on and so forth. It's it's quite consistent. It's it's quite clear, and that's the kind of message that they need, they need to bring in on this to avoid confusing people. Because when when people get confused, they either don't know what what to do or or they don't do it. If anything, the positive that has come out of the mixed messaging debate has been an awful lot of the public actually want and still respect the guidance that they are receiving from the the political and public health leaders, and that they will abide by that, provided it is given to them in a coherent form. Cantar Poland and the Sunday Independent showed that people trust uh, have faith more in effort than they do in the government. So if you try and 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 dampen down that that voice that is an important part of your communications tool with the public about about implementing the, the guidelines then you're you're actually losing out. And that was Fionan Sheehan, and my thanks also to Philip Ryan. Today's episode of the Indo-Daily was presented and produced by myself, Siobhan Maguire, with research by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, and sound design by John Smith. Clips with thanks to Orti News, Virgin Media News, On the Record on News Talk, This Week on RTE Radio 1, The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk, and Claire Byrne Live on RTE 1. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.